Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest Regulation Tomorrow Plus podcast. My name is Simon Lovegrove, Global Director of Financial Services Knowledge at Morton Rose Fulbright. And today I'm joined by Hani Sadar, who is our EMEA Head of Risk Advisory. This podcast is the second in our ESG Insights series, which discusses what we are seeing in the market and some of the key ESG pressure points from a regulatory perspective. Hannah, great to have you with us today. I think you wanted to start with the Regulation Tomorrow blog we ran on the 13th of March this year, which covered the Bank of England's report on climate-related risks and their regulatory capital frameworks. The report included updates on capability and regime gaps, capitalization timelines, and areas for future research and analysis. So, Hane, over to you. Thank you, Simon, indeed. Um, And there's been quite a lot of conversation when we're out there that talks about this. I mean, we recognize that, especially um, uh, in the recent years, how important capital and considerations within an ESG context are. And so therefore, this communication from the Bank of England uh, and subsequent conversations that have been had around it is welcome. Um, And what it's highlighted is that existing capabilities, regime gaps have certainly created uncertainty over whether banks and insurers are sufficiently capitalized for future climate related losses. And this has certainly been front and center um, of many chief sustainability officers and those involved in the day to day who are having to consider ESG from a capital perspective. And what came out of all of this communication was that clearly effective risk management and controls was key, um, but also as well, really trying to understand um, in a better way, materiality around some of the gaps um, in the framework. And one of the points in particular that I thought was um, worth highlighting uh, was a strong acknowledgement that ESG has to be treated differently from a time frame point of view in that all the relevant capitalization requirements stress testing etc is done over a specific time horizon for reporting um, whereas the characteristics of climate risk means that they are likely to be more forward-looking um, and therefore can't be seen in exactly the same way um, as other parts of capital framework and i thought that was a really important point to bring out and it's part of the discovery that's going on across the industry around how to best look at this. Um, But one thing is certain, and that is that in the conversations that come out on the various aspects of ESG, everything from the disclosures through to the challenges on greenwashing, understanding commitments, um, and also as well, really generating that cohesive strategy that financial services firms can link to, which is obviously gonna be linked to the products and services that they have that this is going to be a key consideration for them um, in the future. Thanks, Hanny. That report certainly caught my eye. Um, The next item that you wanted to cover was the draft EU directive on green claims. Now, in March uh, this year, the European Commission adopted a proposal for a directive on substantiation and communication of explicit environmental claims. The draft directive is commonly known as the Directive on Green Claims. I think you had a few points to make. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Um, And obviously, we've published on this as well, Simon. So um, it is an area of interest in terms of um, where the EU is starting to focus in this regard. And clearly, they're looking, um, as is often the case, around the information 
and the way that communication is going to consumers in relation to green um, and green products and services. Yeah. Now, what we know about this for certain is that the type of communication, the claims being made, the labeling in particular will be front and center. Um, and there will be proposals that come out that put more color around this, but it all gels very much to um, the increased focus, both from the UK and the EU regulators um, around understanding the communications that go out, in particular to retail customers and ensuring that when they say they're buying green, what they actually understand that they're buying and what the messaging is that's going out to these consumers um, and does it have a consistent fair approach. Now, we expect um, a common position for this to arrive um, within the next year. So there might be, due to the elections, a slight delay, as we say, um, but effectively, we would expect um, within the next year or so to have a much more um, comprehensive set of standards around um, this directive that we can look at. Thanks, um, Hanny. As you say, we've just issued an online briefing note on the directive, which contains further information, and this can be found on the regulation tomorrow blog. It must also be said that the draft directive in its current form includes most of financial services, if you take a look at recital 10 of the draft um, directive. Now, the final topic for today is the letter from the UK Sustainable Investment and Finance Association to the Treasury Subcommittee on Financial Services Regulations. Yes, picking up on this, I mean, this was really interesting, actually, Simon. I mean, the letter that they sent notes um, that the members, their members, continue to be strongly supportive of the SDR's regime overall objectives, um, which is obviously positive given who their members are, um, but also as well that they recognise with SDR um, due to be published in its next form later this year, um, that it's an important legislation. What's, what's really interesting here is that they highlighted, which I thought was really good, around the treatment of multi-asset funds, funder funds, the marketing provisions, um, and an air of caution around that. And I thought that was really important from the UK labelling standpoint in that, you know, multi-asset funds, funds of funds are important products. Um, they're popular within the market. They give um, investors uh, an element of diversity, but that will create potentially um, if it's not recognised in the context of the uniqueness of those products, uh, potential labelling challenges. So it was nice that this was raised. Um, and as a result, we expect to see more on this. We just wanted to flag it as something that was uh, that was useful from the perspective of anticipation of the SDR um, and trade bodies like UKSIF bringing this forward. Thanks, Hanny. We'll be interested to see how this one plays out. So that concludes today's podcast. Many thanks, Hanny, for sharing your thoughts on those three um, issues. We will, of course, be tracking the ES2 regulatory developments on our Regulation Tomorrow blog. Also, we will be shortly issuing a new web page on the Northern Rose Fulbright website, which will be dedicated to financial services and ESG. And the new web page will contain all of our materials. So keep an eye out for that. We will also be shortly issuing a new monthly ESG update. If you are interested in receiving this update, please do reach out to Hannah. That concludes today's podcast. Many thanks for listening. Goodbye.